You know what it is, black and yellow. Oh, I'm excited for the emails. <laughs> There's a lot of emails, too. Probably a lot of, wow, Jared was really stupid. <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that reminds you, close doesn't cut it. Close but no cigar. So sad. You, you can, you, you horseshoes, hand grenades, and not Survivor. It's Ogacore all over again. <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Zeldin. Jared, what were you close on? What was I close on? Sure. What have you been close with? I was close to having a night off, and then you got sick, and I got a free concert ticket. Yay! <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. Uh, Steven was all set to go to a concert, and I don't know, man. I woke up. I had no voice. It was the worst feeling. I'm like, I don't like calling in sick to work, which is a dumb mentality. I shouldn't have that. But I, I hopped in the shower. I'm like, man, my throat is so sore. I try to talk, and nothing I had a vocal range of a note. Yeah, you talked to me in complete monotone when I came over yeah. to get the ticket. Yeah. And it's go. Not fun. So, recovering from that, it's... I'm now just in the, like, mucus phase of everything is mucus. All things are mucus. Steven is mucus. From mucus we have come and from mucus we shall return. Yeah. What else is new in your life? They are trying to get us to go in even harder three days a week in the office. This culture war is so stupid to me. But uh, I filed a medical exemption, so uh-huh. doing all of that. That is not resolved. It kind of sucks that you have to go that far, but yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. And you know what? I would like to go to your office and have a nice PowerPoint presentation of cost of not having an operation building. Like, you save so much goddamn money that way. Oh, but the real estate team signed a very big lease in 2019, and the boomer executives are really proud of it. Aww. So that's a problem. I really, that's... all we need to do is just once we're all together, you know, they force us all back in the building, which a lot of our department's been pretty decent about it, like actually coming in and the rest of the departments. I mean, that building's a fucking ghost town. <laughs> all we gotta do is start talking about unionizing, and they will kick us right back to remote work. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we have the answer. Fun, fun little sidetrack here before we get into the episode. This episode will come out, and I believe it will be the last couple days. No, it will be the last day that you can buy anything on the Wii U or 3DS eShop. That's right. Yes. Have you seen these people, these stupid fucking people that are like rushing to buy things on the eShop? It's you. It's you! (laughs) You did this! So I did, I did browse a couple things. I grabbed, I already had Pikmin 1 and 3 on my Wii U. I was like, I'm just going to grab two, then I have them all right there. It makes sense. I thought about getting the Metroid Prime Trilogy because it's just not available anywhere else. Oh, yes it is. Well, okay. Legally, it's not available anywhere else. The 3DS eShop, though, I was like, I don't really need a whole lot here. Here's my problem, though. There's one game that I'm like, I'm just waiting for this to go on sale forever. Is Kid Icarus Uprising. You want to destroy your wrists? Yes. Okay. It is uh, acknowledged as the best unplayable game of all time. Yes. 
And I was just like waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, I'm like, okay, let's go check. Let's see what it's at right now. Nintendo never puts its shit on sale. The store goes out of business in three days, and it is still $35. A gun to Kid Icarus's head. $35. So I did the the same logical thing. You fucking bought it. I bought it. I absolutely did. How do you feel about dolphins, Steven? Oh, I see what you're doing. (laughs) I was like, I like dolphins. I do wonder. They're a little rapey. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, it's the dolphin emulator. So, emulators are legal, by the way. You just have to own the game. Technically. It's a legal gray area. Yes. ROMs are technically illegal. Interesting. Okay. You, you have to, like, theoretically rip it yourself. Yes. Yes. But if you owned a copy of the game, like, and it's never enforced anyway. Yeah. Oh, no. But, like, I wonder what the legality is behind pirating something if you can, if you if there is no venue to buy it. Like, if it's like, hey, that you had an eShop that was up, you took it down, and now I want to play it. Like, I wonder, not that it would ever come before court anyway, mm-hmm. but, like, I wonder. The I don't think anybody wants to see this go to court. No, God, no. The publishers don't want to see it go to court on the legal gray area. Like, if they get into a spot where they're like, oh, we don't want... If they lose. <laughs> if they lose, or public opinion of yeah. them goes way down, and people who are using these ROMs or modifying ROMs don't want it to go to court because they can see it taking away the things that they love. Although, wait, okay, we're... So, we're going to go so long if we keep talking about this, but uh, welcome to the Survivor Turning Back ROMs podcast. Oh, God. I had a friend I lived with when I was 19 that was, like, a mega pirate. Like, he had jailbroken his Wii so that it could play Wii U games, I think, or done something with it. I don't know. Oh, no, no, it was previous gen. Sorry. He's like, like, that's impressive. For GameCube. For GameCube games. If you jailbreak into the future, I don't think your system can handle that. Into the past. Well, the Wii U's garbage. As we look at the gamepad, it's garbage. Holding it in front of my my chest now. And he added, like, he, like, hooked in an external, like, one terabyte drive, and he just overnight downloaded every single game all at, like, all at once. And we got, like, 17 cease and desist letters. Oh, I bet. They had trackers on some of those ROMs. Although, like, some of the weird ones, like, really obscure games were like, why did you put it on this one? <laughs> but technically, we had already deceased and desisted. So... <laughs> there was no more desisting <laughs> to be had. I don't know where I'm at anymore. Speaking of things where I don't know where I'm at, emails! If you would like to email us, feel free to send us a message. Email us, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, or you can hit us on Twitter, at SurvivorTBT, or Reddit, u slash SurvivorTBT. We have a lot of emails on this one, so buckle up. One last thing to say, uh, any talk of any possible nefarious behavior is entirely parody and we do not advocate for piracy. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm there with you because I just forked unnecessary money over to Nintendo, so here we are. Emails, go through our emails. This is our catch-up episode, so we have a lot of them. From Josh, end of season four. If you buy the Survivor Borneo DVD, you can watch some scenes uncensored, including Rich walking around naked. Whoa. So maybe Kathy did have something to worry about, though I hope they'd ask for consent. That's insane. Yeah. Nalia probably wasn't brought back because she was like the fifth or sixth popularity-wise of her archetype. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And time for an interesting Jared opinion on this season. Also, one other statistic that proves how Survivor was becoming less popular at the time, the first two seasons have 
nine returnees on All Stars, and the next two seasons have five returnees on All Stars, and then wow. the next three only have four total. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're running out of space. Uh, sure. Yeah. I I could have hid that from you, but at some point you're gonna figure that out. I mean, I knew it was declining. I didn't know the exact numbers. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Also from Josh, not directly related to the episode, but there's anyone who likes fan-made Survivor content. I think that's related to, like, our Game Changer bonus episode. Yeah. I'd recommend watching Survivor Maryland and Survivor Michigan for fan-made seasons of Survivor. That sounds insane. It sounds hilarious, and I kind of am down. <laughs> I, I want to pull up Survivor Michigan. Maybe we'll do an episode on Survivor Michigan. Maybe we'll do an episode on Survivor Michigan. Yay! Write that down. Write that down. Hold me to that. And finally, for this current episode, also from Josh, Clay recently died, so just Rip. saying that might want to might want to hold off on the Clay health jokes. Rip. Rip Clay. Poor Clay. I mean, the jokes apparently were accurate. <laughs> oh no... I don't remember what health jokes he made. I don't know if he made any. Apparently the immunity challenge had multiple unaired phases. What? So we're just not seeing parts of this challenge, because I guess it didn't matter. In episode one? Yeah. That... Okay. Dumb. Super dumb. Also, you made your challenge too long. Yes, correct. (laughs) I mean, the one we got felt too short, but, like... What? You just... What? That's a bad move. Don't edit out the challenges. I I get when reality TV shows do that thing where they're like, we edited this episode and cut content that didn't affect the outcome of the episode. You're like, yeah, but it'd be a lot cooler if you didn't. And then finally, Cool Math for Kids was amazing. Yes, thank you. I don't know what that is. Solidarity. I don't know what that is. Anyway, moving on. Carl. Carl Marquez's finale email. We made it four seasons down, only 36 to go. Uh, but they keep coming, and they don't stop coming. They don't stop coming, and 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 they don't stop. <laughs> Totally agree. It's so unfair to sweep a season under the rug because it sucked to make it. If anything, that would make me like it more if I was in production. Fruits of your labor and all that jazz. Work through adversity. Yeah. I guess Nalia didn't come back for the same reason most of the cast doesn't. Production slash Jeff doesn't like Marquesas. Yeah, that's what I think it's said. a mixture of those two things. Yeah. She said she really wants to return. Yeah. Understand being frustrated at the Vesepia edit. I used to agree with that opinion as well, and the audience at the time was convinced it was Kathy or Nalia who would win. However, on a rewatch, I've done a complete 180. There's enough Vesepia content in there to give you a good idea of why she won, in my opinion. And there's also several scenes that don't need to be in there unless she wins. Vesepia explaining that she told Rob she was voting for him, for example, which shows her slipperiness. Yeah, I mean, I think you can piece together the story. Like, there's enough that you can make the case for why she won. Yeah. In that way, I, you know, she didn't have as much screen time as, like, Tina, for example. But you actually got to see some of her strategy. But we never really got to hear her th- thoughts or her strategy we just kind of heard like you're right like her talking about we we saw things we can extrapolate the traits of her game from Mm -hmm. but for someone that came in with such a strong vision and stuck to it for us to have to once she wins look back and like pick it apart 
seems really weird. Yeah. Makes makes a point that the... Uh, essentially, Kathy was the protagonist of that season. Yeah. And I... Her journey was the most interesting. I agree, yeah. And we'll say... Being boring wasn't the only reason people disliked Vesepia. Many people were annoyed with the religion stuff, which sure. is, I mean, interesting at the time. Her unpopularity, as Josh said, is the big reason she hadn't returned. And I will say there is some validity there. She once said that she loves John as a person but can't accept his homosexuality. Ooh. People contain multitudes. That's a big yikes. Yep. All right, well... That's, that's good to know. Just want to emphasize how shocking the purple rock scene was at the time. Probably the most shocking thing besides Scuba in the Fire. Yeah. And I, I do remember that. I remember people, like, that is the water cooler talk for the next week. Oh, yeah. Like, pur purple rock, beautiful. I love it. Thank you for bringing that into the game. It's a great mechanic. And I, I kind of wish I didn't know about it, but I have seen 42 and the mechanics of it come up. So... I knew how it worked, so it wasn't a huge surprise, but man, it's so cool. <laughs> just for content-wise, I'm just, I'm just skipping ahead. Yeah. General's outfit was so WTF at Final Tribal Council. Yeah. Like a blouse, denim, pirate shirt, and high-waisted pleated pants. Serving up looks. It's called fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Judging from interviews and podcasts, the jury really just didn't want to vote for Nalia because they didn't want to feel like they were losing to a child. She came across as sweet and immature, so they didn't want that person to be the one to beat them. And even then, she almost won because they still liked her. But then she's bad at Final Tribal Council, doesn't present herself as a winner, so there you go. Yeah, her Final Tribal was awful. And that's the first Final Tribal, I think, that really affects an outcome. Well, except for Season 1. Like, I don't like. I feel like Season 2's tribal, Final Tribal is kind of a wash, and Season 3's was... Ethan had a much worse final <laughs> tribal. <laughs> and then, love Jeff pausing to contemplate the Statue of Liberty. Just, uh, ooh. So there it goes. Dumb. <laughs> Yo, Lady Liberty, you looking thick. And, <laughs> and the Rosie reunion is art. Just art. It's something. It is something. At least someone is having a good time, which is more than you could say for some reunions. It also made me realize that I did not understand that Roseanne Barr and Rosie O'Donnell were not the same person. They they are very different. Well, no. They're not that they're different. They're not that different. <laughs> they stand for very different things. Correct. Though. Correct. Polar opposites on the political spectrum. But I'm not really interested in either of their content that much. Like, the Roseanne show was, like, my least favorite sitcom that was on, like, Nick at Night and all of that. So, like... I never saw them in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Ergo, they were the same per person. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and how many episodes is that? Must be more than 50 at least. It's true. We did climb over 50. I was going to like talk oh, about yeah. maybe a 50 episode special, but it, we, we passed it already by the time I did the counting. So at a hundred, we'll have to, I'll have to do the math where we land on a hundred. Moving on to the first episode of Thailand, Carl email. Glad to hear our beautiful voices again. Super fun episode. Go big, go home. Listen to the bonus episode and you talk about the tribe voting for the host. They actually did that in season one, but not the moment you mentioned. Greg and the rest of the Pagongs initially refused to take the show seriously, so they all went and voted for Jeff during their first tribal council. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he got mad and yelled at them, so that's funny. That's hilarious. Love that they start the season with a shot of them walking through someone's laundry. Great. 
<laughs> Survey says Steven is wrong. The intro is the best. Yes. This agreed. intro theme is the best. All right. I did like it the second time around more than the first time mm. around. So I don't know what that says. Was Kel from season two not Asian? That's a good point. Oh, yeah. I don't know. If that's the case, I I feel like he is. I don't know. From the back of my brain. Unless he's like Native American. I don't he's know. a person of color. But he's a person I, yeah. of color. Well, take it up with Survivor Wiki on that one. Because that one I definitely pulled from Survivor Wiki. <laughs> not that two Asians in five seasons would be much better. No. It's, no. no. Laughing my ass off, Claire's random seething Jake hatred cracked me up throughout the entire episode. The more I think about Jake, I'm like, oh yeah, he's that stepdad that like is like of like your friend of yours that will offer to buy you beer, but like, yeah, he definitely has a few mistresses. Like, he's a problem. Yeah. Orange Tribe is not pronounced Chwigon, it's Chewigon. And I want to, like, do research on this, because I, I did take note in this episode about how much they say Chewy-Gon, yeah. and it bothers me for whatever reason. If I could be 100% wrong, it does not make sense phonetically in my brain for that to be Chewy-Gon. It's C-H-U-Y, right? I mean, that's how we pronounce Chewy-Garcia. Yes, but... Or C-H-U-A-Y. Oh, okay. I don't know. I call them Origin Purple Tribe, because I can never remember. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> Why is Rob wearing a black wool hat in the jungle? Is he not hot? Did production make him? I don't know. Because he's an edgy skater, bro, man. <laughs> do producers scout each island looking for a water source, or do they create one? This one was definitely created. This one was definitely created. A lot of Southerners in this it's season, true. for whatever reason. Yeah. Craziness. Why did they make Jan swim in the challenge and not Helen? That's a good point. It's a great question. My guess is that... Helen's a Navy swim instructor. Yeah, my guess is that it was part of the things that were cut, but who knows. Two big reasons that John was voted out. No idea why the show didn't mention either. He was trying to take charge, and the rest of the tribe didn't really want a leader. Yeah, I, I, I did get that. That makes sense. And two, he was apparently really creepy to Tanya. Like, he would oh. sleep next to her, and if she moved at night, he would move to be next to her again. To the point where years later, her tribe mate would still call her and joke about, hey, is John still calling you? Ick. Yeah. Ick. Why would the show want to cover something like that up? I can't imagine. Yeah. Ugh. Just a lot. A lot, a lot of that. So. The sex crimes are coming from inside the house. Yeah. Oh, no. I put my ass off. I could hear the scooping flashback in his head. Oh, hold on. Steven, I don't think he's coming back for that either. Jared, why? Could hear the scoop and flashback in his head. Also, can't believe you didn't mention John's deranged homophobic rant laughing about how hilarious it is that gay people are all going to hell. I didn't find that. I didn't catch that at all. I don't think it was in the episode. I think oh. it's outside of the season. But Yikes. if that's the case, gross. Still going. Tyler, wow. Tyler email. I love you all. I want to read all these, even though it's taking up a lot of time. Nalia was a reporter for Salt Lake City's CBS affiliate. She got married in 2003, had three kids, and still watched The Survivor with her kids. She raised $4,005 for the Hearts of Reality in 2015. The corn dog stand that she and her husband have is named Marquesas. Oh my god, they have a corn dog stand. Yeah, we said that before, but it's great. In 2018, she and her family visited Costa Rica to visit a fan who traveled several hours to meet them. Similar to Sean, she was strongly considered for All-Stars, but was ultimately not chosen, mm. and expressed interest in playing again, like we talked about. Uh, Vesepia married her fiancé two weeks before the finale. That's fun. Cool. They are divorced, but still remain friends. 
She was featured in a TLC documentary, A Baby Story, which chronicled the birth of her son. Okay. That's fun. Sean and Aaliyah both appeared in it. Okay. And then in 2021, she and her son, Jordan, co-wrote the book Moms and Me. Moms with a Z. I hate that. <laughs> and did an interview on Rob has a podcast discussing her time in Marquesas and her life since then. Hmm. Yeah. And the players that attended the 10-year anniversary party are Hunter, Gina, Rob, John, Zoe, Tammy, Sean, Kathy, and Vesepia. What a weird crew. I know, right? During the original broadcast of the finale, Sue, Richard, Tina, and Ethan appeared live, going to commercial breaks chatting with Rosie. Well, I kind of wish we would have seen that. Yeah. That would have been fun. Varner, Diane, and Brandon also were there. Okay. And then finally, we have an email from Andrew. We oh, haven't had Andrew. an email from Andrew. First time emailing you guys, been enjoying the podcast, and finally catching up with Marquesas. Finished listening to the first episode, and you guys were joking about the personal item of scriptures in the... Latter-day Saints Church, Mormon. We refer to the Bible, Book of Mormon, and other books we study from as scriptures. That makes sense. Oh, okay. Thank you, Andrew. That's that's good context there. Hope that makes sense. Been really enjoying listening to your comments and insights and look forward to Thailand and beyond. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for hanging out with us. We look forward to hearing from you again. And if you have more context like that, send it our way. Please. It's great. I probably should be pickier with the stuff that I say and just how much we have. It's been like three weeks since we've done emails. Yeah, that's true. We don't give that much all the time. This is, once again, I have to throw the disclaimer of that is not an excuse for you not to send me things. Send (laughs) me things. I love it when you do. Cool. That's all I have. Anything else you want to say? No. Uh, Or I always say no and then I say something. No. But also. But also. Andrew, also no, because you said we, as in you are are Mormon, know that you're going to hear a lot of me bragging on the Mormon church in that season. Probably. I think I remembered to do so. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I mean, that, I love that that's the thing that you apologize for ragging on. You've ragged on so many things throughout this. <laughs> I rag at institutions, but, like, and, like, people that, I mean, listen, I come from a very deeply religious household, so it's therapeutic, you know? Yeah. Speaking of, I actually had a really nice conversation with someone on Twitter about our stance on police and uh. and our comments in that first episode. This was before the first episode came out, so I'm hoping that they're still listening, because i like I said, it was a very nice conversation about, hey, like, tough for me because my cousin was a cop. And I wanted to say, because I'll say it here, I said that on there, that, like, I get it. We are not advocating for violence no. or harm on anyone's life. And we want everyone to be safe in their job, in their homes. But also, what did I say? The institution of policing is a problem. yeah. Despite the laughs and goofs, we genuinely do not wish harm on anyone. We want everyone to be safe in their homes, jobs, and lives. We also want to stick up for marginalized groups who suffer the most from police violence. So strong stances are going to stay in. Yeah. I thought that was very tactful. You know what else is a strong stance? A bumper. So this episode came out on September 25th of 2002. Not too much happened in the week between episodes. Uh, The Emmy Awards, 54th Annual Emmy Awards, did happen. Some blasts from the past. The West Wing, Friends, uh, and Alice and Janie all won awards. I don't know why two of those are shows and one of those is actors, but we'll move on. (laughs) The first public version of the web browser Mozilla Firefox was released. Oh. So welcome to the world, Mozilla. This one's a little sad. 
Mike Webster, American NFL Football Center, nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time Super Bowl champ, dies of heart attack at 50. He was the first NFL player ever diagnosed with CTE. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So this is like the discovery of CTE, or okay. the confirmation of it, at least. Number one song was still uh, Dilemma by Nelly. And the number one movie, slightly ahead of My Big Fat Greek Wedding, as Barbershop has fallen to number three, is The Banger Sisters. I'm sorry, what, what is this? <laughs> I was also very confused. Uh, it's not rated that highly. It's like a 48% of Rotten Tomatoes. Here's the rundown. Okay. In the late 60s, the self-proclaimed Bells of the Rock and Roll Ball, their groupies, Goldie Hawn and Susan Sarandon, those are the actresses. Sarandon? So, yep. Rock the worlds of every music legend whose pants they can take off. Oh my god. And they have the pictures to prove it. But it's been more than two decades since the Banger Sisters earned their nickname or even laid eyes on each other. Their reunion is the collision of two women's worlds. One who's living in the past and one who's hiding from it. Together they learn to live in the moment. Oh my god. That <laughs> looks horrible. That sounds horrible. But like also kind of that like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, like we're adults doing not adult things type of movie. Yeah. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Alright, end of the episode. Episode 2, The Great Divide. What is that referring to? I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you at all, Jared. Divide of what? Uh, divisions. Okay. Lots of divisions. My first note was that we say chewy gone a lot, so that's out the window. Steven was wrong. I will will admit when Steven's wrong, Steven is wrong. We we opened the episode with a lot of snoring. Yeah. Clay's a snorer. Clay's gonna get fucking <laughs> voted out for snoring. Yeah. We we then, like, have this moment of Helen and Jan are gonna go off, they're gonna get water for the tribe, and they don't need no stinking map. Jesus Christ. They're like, the boat's a piece of crap, but let's go get water. I don't need a map. Why not just take the map just to be safe? I. It's a good question. You're only a few days into this. No one else needs the map. You're not... Keeping it from someone else. You have a good point here. I can't argue with that. And at this point, I wrote down, "Wow, they're really playing up how hard it is to get water because the cave is such a fucking advantage." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, they really fucked this up." Helen <laughs> and Jan really fucked the pooch they, on this one. They really fucked this up. While this is happening, it, Helen and Jan go out, and they of course get lost because that's how we're setting up this episode. The boys play golf in the meantime, and it's kind of cute. This is what we lost with with the bowling alley in season one. <laughs> this is what we could have had, bowling alley. Remember what they took from you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cute. And so Helen and Jan are out. They're looking around. They, I mean, this is Helen's arrogance coming back to bite her, right? <sighs> they can't find the well. They're searching around. Helen is out looking while Jan is staying with the boat, and Helen is getting increasingly more frustrated with Jan as we go along. Yep. To the point where Helen's like, if I had a pistol, I would have shot her, and then I would have (laughs) shot myself. And then tops off with, that's why I don't carry a gun. Yeah. Just through the first part, it feels like you're exaggerating. When you add on the real-life restriction you've put on yourself, I don't... Know how much you're exaggerating anymore, Helen? The fact that this person is military and could have access to a gun at any time she wanted? Yeah. Concern. Yeah, I mean, we're in America. Anyone can have access to a gun anytime they want. That's unfortunately true. Over at Suchai, they're making a shelter still. This is day four. We're day still making a four. shelter. How the K 
cave cannot be overstated. If you switch these tribes, uh-huh. and we've now had the purple tribe, or sorry, the orange tribe lose every challenge, all three of them. Yeah. Very narrowly, but all three of them. I Like, being waterlogged and cold sucks the energy out of you. How much more would they be losing challenges by if the purple tribe had the cave? Yeah, it's... it's mm. I don't know what to tell you, man. I I thought last season had really unfairly weighted camps. Holy shit, this season. <laughs> but I don't even... I can't blame the camps. At some point, it has to come down to the, the picking. What do you mean? Like, the choosing of the tribes. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, Orange has been given a huge advantage and are still losing and are squandering it so imagine if purple had that huge advantage what would be going on in the season it right could now? be a disaster it could be a huge disaster but i don't know they could also just spend the entire time fighting about it too and not accomplishing anything <laughs> like we have here <laughs> so they're doing a shelter and everyone's complaining stephanie and jed haven't done much to help i shouldn't say everyone a select majority rob There are a few. No, there are a few. You're right. And Jed talks about it seems frivolous to be building this shelter. That's a dumb take. That is a dumb take. Like, if you wanted to say, hey, I'm focusing more on the food and Stephanie's focusing more on the water, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. If you say, no, I'm not doing it because it seems pointless. That take's surely not going to bite you in the ass in about eight hours. Right. Yeah. Right. When you go to sleep tonight. (laughs) And then I caught Ken, ACAP, saying, <laughs> it's one thing to be lazy. It's another thing to be freaking lazy. <laughs> Talking about Jed. And I was like, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but notice how we already have the lazy pivot on Every someone. Time. Every time. Ni- nice that it's not a black person. There's no black person on that tribe. Ooh. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess that's something. <laughs> But I will say, Stephanie and Jed are isolating themselves from, from the rest of their tribe. Yep. And doing so voluntarily? Yeah, it seems a bad idea. Like, in a game where you need to be making relations. Yeah. it's a, it, I don't understand what their gameplay is, either of them. I mean, Stephanie is sick, it seems like. So I think she's just white-knuckling it trying to survive? Maybe, but I feel like she's... Actively making the choice to be like, no, I will be out here because I am more at home out here on the sand. It's very odd. Makes no sense. Funny moment in here, though. Rob is like, hey, I could call him out on it, but I don't want to burn any bridges at this point. And you're like, dude, a little too late for that, don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, you just screamed at, uh, what's her name? Sheehan. I don't have my cheat sheet in front of me. You just screamed at Sheehan like 48 hours ago. Yeah. And you probably apologized. Or you just don't see her as a person. Uh, well, that's a good point. Back at Chewygon, where where are they? Where, where, where are <laughs> okay, people? Question. Because Helen, when they do eventually find it, Helen says, like, I don't know, I guess like God or something pointed me in the right direction. How far would they let them go? Like, if you're just, like, paddling around the entire island, or, like, you end up in another island, like, when do they direct you back? If I'm in production, I let them go, since they start out in the early morning, I'd let them go until, one, this is going to conflict with 
your ability to compete in a challenge. Yeah. Or two, you could be getting to the point where it's going to be dark and you can't actually navigate anymore. Or three, you're approaching a village. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you're about to actually get into people. So let's uh, let's turn you around here. Or walk into the the snake area. That yeah. was, seemed like a problem. Yeah, they just let him go in the snake area. <laughs> and how are camera crews following them? Like, do they? I guess they have to have like a jet ski or like maybe like a like a like a motorboat or something. It would have to be a little more silent than. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's I, I don't know what their mode of transportation is. But they, they find the water. As I, I usually have one of these types of jokes every season, but legend has it that Helen and Jan are still searching, still <laughs> still paddling that boat to this day. And when Helen goes and gets the water, Jan is kind of there floating next to the boat. The look of disgust on Helen's face. Beautiful. Is so good. Beautiful. So good. Excellent camera work, excellent framing to catch that moment. This is a great moment because I don't know who I like want to side with. Because I think they're both in the wrong here. I think they're both in the wrong and both in the right. Like, I think... Yeah. And I really love the, like, the grayness of this whole adventure. Because Helen has a good point. She's like, yeah, Jan is weaker than me. Like, that is a fact. Yeah. I don't know why Jan's the one who volunteered to come do this. <laughs> I don't know why they let her... Never let her do it again. But also, like, Helen has is legitimately annoyed by this. <laughs> and legitimately exhausted and sick of doing the work of two people. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So Sukjai builds its tent, its shelter. It's, it's a bad shelter. It's a bad shelter. But they spent four days making it. And it's still not very good. So now we have a group food search time. And wouldn't you know it, the two people who don't participate, also Jed and Stephanie. What are they doing? I don't know, man. What are they doing? I, I feel like there has to be some off-camera... I mean, not happy, but it, it if this keeps happening, especially with like Stephanie... I'm going to start thinking that there's, like, some off-camera thing that happened that they're not showing us. Because, like, you mentioned John being creepy to one of the girls on his tribe. I'm like, is Stephanie uncomfortable sleeping around them? Maybe. Like, why else would you, in a cold, sleep in your poncho on the beach? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know at all. I, I think it's going to be interesting whenever we get that, like, answer from post-game. Yeah. I think... Well, we'll find out. This whole episode, though, is just good vibes versus bad vibes. Yeah. We're just continuing the vibe tribes. <laughs> they go, they search, they grab crabs, they grab snails, they chop the snails off the wall, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah. Sheehan's like, hey, it's rewarding to work as a team. And they're like, hopefully, the couple people that are back at camp will have prepped for the food, they'll have the water boiling, we can be ready to go. Surely, surely they'll prep for us. Oops. And Rob, Stephanie, and Jed don't want any part part of this food. No. Which is wild. Like, I get not Just... participating to a point. Sure. But not eating anything seems dumb. Yeah. No, not, we're not seeing something with this tribe. Like, we're seeing a lot of bad and, like, a lot of, like, them just not clicking. But there's something. And I don't want to say it has to be something bigger and nefarious, but, like, man... This is not a good tribe. It's not a good tribe. They're all challenge beasts, apparently. Eh? But the mo like, I don't care if the Orange Tribe goes in with three people. Like, they're not getting voted off first. Because they all fucking hate each other. <laughs> and then we get to the end of the night. And Stephanie and Jed are like, hey, we're gonna sleep in the sand. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fine. 
Jed's like, I think it's going to be a nice, clear night. <laughs> Cue the thunder. And Jed lost his job as the island weatherman. Yeah, Jed comes running in and is part of, like, hanging out in the shelter. Apparently he's the one who didn't get wet. Smart! <laughs> Go under the shelter! Well, no, he, he was in, like, a section that was... Better than the other section. No, he literally went under it because they have oh, their they have it off the ground. Okay, and there's holes in the there's some holes in the roof, but the floor is pretty solid, and plus there's bodies. Sure. So, yeah, he slept under them. It seems dangerous, but you're what? right. Yeah, I know if that collapsed, he would have probably been severely injured. Yeah, whatever floats your boat, I guess. But Stephanie stays in the rain, which is dumb. Also, might be sick. Who knows. <laughs> Over at Chewygon, anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Ted sings while Fucking our golden boy plays the guitar. Used car salesman with a mullet and a guitar. Yeah, it's it's funny because a monkey is sitting in the in the tree, just like listening to all the fun that's being had, and it's Helen's twentieth anniversary, and she's pretty sad. Yeah. So everyone's gonna throw a nice little surprise party for her. We spend most of the day prepping for this. So Helen gets, like, bad vibes. Yeah. Helen's like, I feel like... They're keeping something from me. Yeah. They are. But not what you think. Kind of fun. This was so cute. <laughs> then we get tree mail. Tree mail is interesting, and I have to bring out the tree mail because they talk about, all right, this is a blindfolded challenge. Mm -hmm. And Gandhi is talking about, all right, well, let's do whatever we can to win this. I can distract them. I can distract them with my cleavage if I have to. Or it's an easy access shirt so I can pull them out if I have to. Yeah, using whatever weapons she has at her disposal. Yeah. Like, okay, that's, that's, that's a mood. But also, Gandhi, they're being blindfolded. She doubles down! <laughs> They'll just know. They're gonna know. They're gonna know. They're absolutely gonna know. How are they gonna know? They're, they're gonna, gonna know. know. <laughs> yeah, so we get to our blindfold challenge. Early on in a season for a blindfold challenge, don't you think? It is very early. It's different from any blindfold challenge that we've seen so far in that the caller is participating or is always present. Yeah. I guess is a better way to say it. They're carrying the caller on, as Jeff calls it, a palanquin. I've heard that word pronounced as palanquin. I've always heard it as palanquin or palanquin. Yeah. Palanquin. Palanquin. Palanquin's weird. Anyway, they have to go, go around in a figure eight collecting bags of items i don't know it didn't necessarily matter if they had them they just had to untie them i yeah. guess yeah. and then like crisscross paths running into each other and then go back to the start yeah i just realized it just been kind of non-existent this episode yeah a little bit and like, honestly even the, like this season i mean it's only two episodes but he hasn't really been a big presence i agree I don't know why that is but he seems to be taking a, a backseat at this point and yeah. just letting the game happen I don't know what's right, what's wrong. I no. think it works better when he's actively participating, or at least driving conversations in challenges in tribal. Agreed. And I don't feel like that is present right now. No, not at all. So, the winner of this challenge gets lanterns, fishing hooks, lo fishing line, and a big-ass net. A bigger net than the one they have. Yeah. Tanya and Penny are going to be the guides, so they get to be on the thing that's being carried, and everyone else is carrying. I, my notes are all over the place for this challenge. It's 
the challenge I, is kind of all over the place. The challenge is all over the place. I did love watching Jake get hit like seven times. <laughs> so many times. That was hilarious. He just kept stepping on Thailand's version of rakes. Yeah. Like coming up and poof, right in the face. Right in the face. Boom. There was a great moment where I don't remember who it was. Like, I'm in a tree. I'm in a tree. You're not in a tree. I'm, I am in a tree. And it's just a shot of him like up against one of those used car dealership flags that are just kind of like parked <laughs> like that like no you're just in sponsorship material <laughs> get out of the way dude <laughs> had some nice hip checks the, the challenge isn't good to describe no it was yeah it was close but sukji wins and i found myself being really sad about that I haven't been actively rooting for tribes uh-huh like i actively root for people but and there's tribes i prefer but this season, I am, like, actively rooting <laughs> for Chewie God. Not intentionally, but, like, watching it, I'm like, I cannot root for these people. I cannot root for Sukji. Sukjai. Sukjai, sorry. Yeah, Sukjai pulls it out. They took a nasty spill at the end. I guess it didn't matter, but they still won. Back at the Chewie God camp, we need a victory. We're talking about, I'm a Red Sox fan. I know there's always a tomorrow, which I think is funny at the time because very soon the Red Sox will go on to be a, a very dominant team for a few years. Yeah. It's just like me talking about the Lions last year. I, okay, sorry, off track. The Lions will be good next year. I hope, I think they'll make playoffs. I hope they win the division. I always hope the Vikings win the division, but I... I think they are the best team and have yes. become a weird, attractive place for people to go to. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Helen was so worried that she was being left out, but here's a surprise party. Yay! And then we get a confessional of Gandia saying that she has the personality of an encyclopedia. Jeez. Gandia goes in. I like Gandia. We didn't talk about Gandia dropping uh, a hard R slur the in the first episode though i missed it the oh oh wait i thought i understand sometimes not the, not, not n-word R. yeah yeah yeah. sometimes the hard r is referring to that i know what you're talking about yeah yeah for a, a mental handicap correct yeah yeah i just i that's gonna pop up and it it's very is. gross yeah i it's predominant at that time unfortunately so sorry about that i still hear people say that now and like my skin tries to, like, fall off. I'm, like, I cringe so hard. No, 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 no. Tanya is struggling to eat the clams. Tanya's struggling to eat anything. Tanya can't just about do anything at this point. Who's it's Tanya? It's the one throwing up. No, I know. Oh, sorry. But she's nobody. Sorry. Tanya. Tanya. Everyone's... It, the name is Tanya, and she's Southern, so I will... I, guess. I will respect the pronunciation, Tanya. But we wake up, and there's dead squid all around the beach. Let's eat it. I guess we're going to eat it. Helen, I don't know, Helen goes in here. And to the to the point where, like, Clay has to be like, yeah, everything's really serious for Helen. Yeah, well, and that's, that's when Gandia calls, says the, it's like, oh, we'll sure. Fine. Like, to the point where it's like, okay, we're cooking squid. A few minutes versus maybe a couple minutes more. To the point, it's not going to matter that much, but to Helen, it matters a lot. I don't want chewy squid. Clay's growing on me. <laughs> I like Clay. He's pretty funny. It's a shame that he snores. It's a shame that he's going to go home because he snores. <laughs> 
immunity challenge. It is a floating lotus flower puzzle. You have to swim over to an area, dive down to unclip a piece of a flower. The puzzle part of this did not matter. I was going to say, the puzzle needed to be harder. Correct. Or you couldn't start the puzzle until you had all the pieces. Sure. I don't know. So, they they do this weird rule explanation about the tag out. Like, you can tag you can tag somebody out, but like you have to come all, you have to swim out there and swim back. And it made me wonder because it does come it does happen. Uh -huh. it, it's how Chewie Gone almost catches up. Yep. I wonder if Jeff goes through those kinds of rules every time and we just only they only leave in the ones that are pertinent. I think that's exactly correct. Yeah. Is if as long as nothing goes off the rails, we don't have to know the specifics of the challenge. Right. But in that instance, like, yes, okay, someone did have to come back. If they didn't, we wouldn't have seen that part at all. And honestly, that gives me more faith in this season and the coming seasons that if something goes off the rails on a challenge, they already know what they're going to do. Yeah. Versus previous seasons where I'm like, you, I don't think you had a plan I, if this happened. I'm not sure that you understand what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff just has to yell things on the fly. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, go, come back, you can tag out, I guess. I mean, that happens in, in season 42 where they had to, I'm not going to get into specifics, but they had to stop a challenge because the conditions in the water were so bad that it was uncompletable for two of the three tribes. I mean, yeah. And make up a new rule. Yeah, let's, uh, let's just, uh, skip this part, I guess. That is a thing. I, like I said, well, there's so many things I want to talk about, yep. but we won't get there for many, many years. Anyway, challenge happens. A lot of this is pretty straightforward. It's pretty close for a long time. Jan struggles a little bit, comes, but comes through though, gets, gets mm -hmm. the clip and brings it back, but did struggle for a little while, leading Sukjai to take the lead. And Helen... Caught up a lot of ground yeah. against Jake. Like, they were behind almost a full pedal, and Helen closed that gap. Yeah. We also set this challenge up on the Sukji side about if they lose, Stephanie's probably going home. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah. And Stephanie feels that way. Yeah. Penny struggles to unclip. Mm -hmm. Penny is our one that doesn't make it down. Yeah. Tries two times. Mm -hmm. Doesn't get it, though. <laughs> and they played dramatic music both times that she went down. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what's happening here? We're not gonna make it. Did you did you catch Jeff's face as Aaron fall, fell off the flower when she tried to jump in? No. Oh, he gave this, like, it, it was a hard cut to a close of him doing, like, a ooh, ooh. face. <laughs> About that. <laughs> Very shock jockey, like, reaction. And I was like, all right, I'm here for this. <laughs> so Penny comes back, tags out, allows Chewigon to catch up. Jed then catches them up, but in the end, Sukjai wins another close one. I'm heartbroken for them. Chewigon just can't catch a break here. They're, no. they're doing the best they can, but they cannot compete. Big Ogacore vibes. <laughs> so we get back to camp. And we're laying it out. It's either Helen or it's Tanya. Yeah. Right? It has to be. It has to be that. What it seems like. Everything is not always what it seems, Jared. <laughs> but in this scenario... It, it very it much is. is. Yeah. We, we get to tribal. Honestly, there's not a whole lot that happens on the beach. Oh, go on. You were right. It is one pier in, one pier out. Yeah. There are two outcroppings, but they don't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me feel good that you saw that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't... It would be so weird to, like, walk back and catch up to the person who's miserable and crying and walking back. Like, hey, sorry we voted you out. Bye. The only thing to comment from Tribal is Helen's speech about, you know, not being able to cry. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. And another, 
<laughs> Another example of the patriarchy doing bad things all around. Like, she is in what she seems to ascribe as a man's world, being in the Marines. Yep. And, or the Navy. And, are the Marines part of the Navy? Doesn't matter. Yes, they are. And she's like, I'm not allowed to cry, because if I do, they'll never let me live it down. And, like, that fucking sucks. Yeah. And also speaks to the challenges. Like, think about the challenges of harassment she's probably had to go through to get to where she is in that career. Mm. Or how much farther she could get if it wasn't for those things holding her back at the time. That's very personal to me. My, my, my mom works on a... She's not in the Army, but she works on a National Guard base as, an, as a state employee. Sure. And as... Man, those, like, old boys clubs, they are fucking gross, man. I bet. It's such a weird place to be in because they they do they drill like hey your emotions are are in ch- like you keep your emotions in check you don't have emotions you are a weapon but like it's a very it's very backwards thinking like I don't think it makes you more effective I don't think somebody suppressing their emotions makes them do things better because you still feel them even if you try not to sure they're still affecting you even if you try to pretend they aren't yeah and if they're affecting you and you're pretending they're not, you cannot take them into account and change what you're doing for them. Yeah. And part of the reason why Helen, some of her tribemates feel like she has a wall up because she does. Because she does. She doesn't know how to express her emotions because the military kept her from expressing her emotions. Yeah. She's and not her, her own personal bias of like, I am a female in a heavily male dominated career. I cannot let them see me cry. Well, I mean, think about like, you know, Think about the shit that gets said in just on the show in 2002. Like, now imagine what's said behind closed doors in a military environment. Yeah. Gah. Yeah. For reference, yes, Marines is Navy. It's the Special Forces in the Navy. That's right. The Rangers are the Army. Army. I forget what the Air Force is. They have one. The Chair Force. <laughs> uh, sure. The only other thing I put down from this tribal is Gandia's vote to Helen being like, don't really appreciate how you handle stress. And I was like, Gandia, you're, you're three days removed from stress causing such a problem that you couldn't solve a simple slide <laughs> puzzle. Like, holy glass houses, Batman. Yeah. She has an interesting point, though, about the I don't feel comfortable with how you handle your emotions. Yeah, no, that part of it's fair. Yes. But you're right. <laughs> the, the stress part, like, ooh, but Gandia... Kandia. How about that? Kandia, we all saw that challenge, girl. And it is a five to two vote. Tanya is voted out. Who? Tanya. Who? Tanya. Uh, neon green. I No, legitimately, if you picked Tanya and nine people that were never on the show and put them in a lineup in front of me, I don't think I'd pick Tanya <laughs> out from it. Well, maybe you would recognize her more if she was hunched over and... <laughs> Literally, all we've seen is her vomit. You're not wrong. I have no... I'm going to just jump right into it. I have no opinions on how she'd do in a future season because she didn't do anything. And part of that's probably sickness. Part of that's probably editing. They're not doing the thing they've done the previous seasons where you only really get camp life of the tribe that goes to council. Like, it's been pretty split, actually. It has been rather split. I appreciate that. I do, too. But... Tanya, I don't think, would be on the show in a future season. I mean, maybe I, there's nothing for me to go off of. That's fair. And my protagonist of the episode actually is, is split, but it's Stephanie and Jed. Yeah. They're the ones, I mean, it's her story, specifically Stephanie's part of it, is she's on the chopping block. 
they're going to vote her out if they don't win that challenge. And she, despite being sick, steps up and kills that challenge. So she she earned her spot. Yeah. Good on her. Yep. She stepped up in a place where she was very much in danger. Yeah. Uh, Helen would be a close a close second. On that's the, fair. On the protagonist. I think that's, that's also a good pick. If you yeah. were to come to me with that, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Tanya... We, we caught up with Tanya in our quarantine questionnaire. I'm guessing she did. She does not come back. Uh, she does not <laughs> come back, no. Unfortunately, not one of our however many that are left in the next couple seasons. Sure. Anyway, it's been almost 20 years since I've played, so I had a lot of things going on over the years. Since filming Survivor, I have changed my career from social work to pharmaceutical sales. I uh, lived in Georgia, North Carolina, and Florida. You could write a country music song about all of those places. Yeah. And in two of them, you can't do drag. Uh, finally settled back in my home state of Tennessee with my handsome Three of them you drag. <laughs> yeah. And has dogs and participate in Hearts of Reality, a Florida-based charity that gives money to give kids the world. Sure. We, we've talked about that before on the show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice. Apparently, there's an interesting reason why she was sick. Apparently, she was allergic to the malaria medicine. What?! taking my malaria medicine became my downfall she says i was allergic to it and at the time didn't realize it it was making me so sick often thought i was just dehydrated and wonder what would have happened had i stopped taking it or gone there you might have gotten malaria on a different malaria medicine that is so unfortunate it's so unfortunate how could you possibly know that no yeah exactly i mean like i have some medications that i'm allergic to but guess what like, that doesn't mean that they're going to know you're allergic to a different one. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Just unfortunate. You, you do all the work. You fly yourself over. And they all really liked her. If she hadn't been sick, I don't think she would have gone home. I think it would have been Helen. I agree. Which, I don't think that winner picks going to come to fruition. Whoops. <laughs> uh, not sure if it's mind-blowing, but something funny that never aired was the footage of the naughty monkey on our island creating havoc at our campsite. Ha! <laughs> The Megillah would steal our belongings while we were at challenges. And if you look closely at some of the challenges, Helen is wearing two different shoes. That's because he stole one of her shoes while we were doing a challenge. Oh my god. That's so funny. Would they have to get her new shoes? I don't know that they can. Yeah. They're on a remote island. It's, I mean, it's Thailand. Like, That's fair. We are in Thailand. Thailand, you could probably get a shoe. Yeah, it's not more cases where it's like, oh shit. It's not going to be a Nike shoe, though. It's not going to, well, you go up to China, you can maybe get one. <laughs> just interesting. Mixed feelings about the edit. Definitely showed that I was down to earth Southern girl, but they mainly highlighted the fact that I was sick. Yeah, there's nothing. Of you course. had no edit. You were only there for six days. Yeah. And you were sick for most of it. So, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Yeah. And there's more stuff in there, but I think that's that's all we really need. Okay. For a person that didn't contribute to the show much yeah. because they weren't given the opportunity to. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Well, let's close it out with a bumper. You know I'm the only person that could see that hand gesture, right? You're welcome. Okay. Anything you want to pro, Stephen? That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't interrupt me while I'm outroing the episode. I do what I want. <laughs> Jared, anything you'd like to promote? I would like to promote 
not waking up with low blood sugar in the middle of the night and eating an entire full bag, full size bag of kettle cooked salt and vinegar chips. That's choice. Yeah. How did that go for you? My poops were fiery and my tongue has rug burn. <laughs> that's, that's fair. And then immediately falling back asleep. Oh, in a, wow. In a chip coma. Okay. Diabetes is fun. <laughs> Diabetes. I am going to promote a game that you probably can't buy anymore. Kid Icarus Uprising. No, if you have any risk problems, do not touch that fucking <laughs> game. It's a game that's great and you can't play it. And it will give you carpal tunnel. It's not, it's not a good game to play, but it's fun to play. <laughs> For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. My host Steven, this is Jared. Ooh, also, the Phoenix Wright games were three dollars. Bye bye on the 3DS. Bye bye. <laughs> you gotta hear the deals, pirate. <laughs>